Hey, this morning, I am so excited about, as Pastor Philip said, Terry Watson, our Kids Creek director, coming and sharing today. I'm going to ask her to go ahead and make her way out. And I want to tell you this, she's not coming here today because this is fun and thrilling, and she's not coming to you because she has this passion and desire to stand in front of you to speak for the next 20 minutes or so. She's coming out here because it's her next step in her faith journey. And I'll just tell you, this is a scary place to be. Uh, but she is here, and we talk to you about it often, and we try to practice it ourselves as a staff, and we talked about her coming to share. Um, I could tell she was reluctant to do it, but she knew God had laid a message on her heart. And so I want you to know you're seeing firsthand what a next step in a faith journey looks like, and that is, God, I'm scared. God, I don't totally know what's going to happen right now. I'm just going to put my ne- I'm going to take that next step forward, and I'm going to be obedient. And so I am so thrilled that she's coming to share, so thrilled the message that God has laid on her heart. And before before I let her speak, I want to pray for her right now and pray for us this morning. So let's pray together. Father, I want to come to you and thank you so much. Um, just for Terry, what you're doing in her life right now, I thank you for the way that she leads our Kids Creek ministry here. I thank you for her taking this next step in her faith journey. And I am so excited about the message that you've laid on her heart right now. So I'm asking you just to do two things. Father, would you speak through her? And I pray that every word that proceeds from her mouth would point us to Jesus Christ And then, Father, I pray for us this morning that you would help us hear the message personally that you want each of us to hear, that you would challenge us, that you would convict us, that you would help us understand what our next step is. So, Father, today, would you please, please be here in our midst? Would you do the work that you want to do so badly? Take away any distraction. And again, I pray that you would use this servant to bring glory and honor to your name. And it's in your name I pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Go get them, Errol. Absolutely. Well, like Danny said, this, this is not, this is new for me. I've spoken in front of kids for many years, and I love speaking in front of kids. You're a little bit different than kids. But I'm just going to kind of try to pick the kids out in the audience and focus on them. Um, and I'm probably going to stay really close to this podium because it's going to be my security blanket for today. But um, as Danny shared, we had an amazing day yesterday at family camp. It was definitely hot. Um, but it was so fun, and I loved watching all of the families, not just families with children, but our church family just gathering together and enjoying each other's company. And as we began to prepare for family camp this year, we talked about what our theme's going to be, because we always like to pick a theme, we like to decorate, but we always like our theme to be meaningful. And so this year we said, let's do a sports theme, because we believe that it is so important to be part of a team. And your family, your church family, your immediate family, they are all part of your team. So we thought, let's, let's do that. And at Cedar Creek, we always say it this way, you are better together, meaning you need a team. You are better together. So as I thought about family camp and as I thought about what, what I wanted to share with you today, I thought, well, let's stay with that sports theme. Let's stay with talking about teams and being part of a team. So 10 years ago, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I knew absolutely nothing about the game of soccer. But my husband convinced my middle daughter, Rebecca, to play soccer when she was in second grade, to play on a rec league. And I didn't know it then, but I had just started a journey to become a soccer mom. And yes, I am a soccer mom, um, and I, I love being a soccer mom. So today, in honor of my daughter, who is graduating, who's getting ready to take her next step and continue growing her team, I thought that I would use the game of soccer to encourage not only our graduates, but also each and every one of you today. 
So I just want to give you a pre-warning, okay? So if you know nothing about soccer, it's okay. I promise you it's going to be basic. And if you actually do know something about soccer, please forgive me. (laughs) I'm only a 10-year-old soccer mom. That's pretty young in soccer world. So just roll with me and don't tell me that's not how you play the game because I'm sure I'm going to say some things wrong. So if I asked all of you, what is the most important part of soccer? What is the first and most basic thing you would say? <laughs> he, he was not staged at all. <laughs> He's part of my team. So see, there, there's where team comes in great. So yeah, I mean, most of us would say basically goals are because the team with the most goals wins, right? So that's one of the most important things. So in soccer, the ultimate goal is to get that ball into that net. Now, there are equally important things that happen before that ball makes it into the net. But to start with the idea of goal is where we're just going to look at achieving a goal. So here we go. The goal of soccer is to get the ball into the net. But is there a goal in our own life? And if so, what is that goal? And, of course, I think one of the best places to look to find out what our goals are and what our goal for life is, is in the Bible. And in Philippians 3, Paul talks right directly about pushing toward the goal. And in this chapter, he first starts off with a warning. He says, hey, you can't trust in your own human nature. See, in soccer, you can't trust in your own skills, just your own skills. You need to trust your coach, and you need to trust your team. So in life, Paul's saying, you can't just trust in what you have, what's important to you. He says, if that's the case, I have lots of stuff I could trust in. I mean, he said, I came from the right family, he was educated, and he even says that he followed the laws perfectly, which that word perfectly really stood out to me. So Paul had everything it appeared that he needed to take that ball and shoot it into the net. But... Let's think about that. Let's look at our own life. Okay, kids, what things right now in your life are important to you? Maybe it's a sport. Maybe it's soccer, basketball, football, dance. Maybe you're good at art or singing or you um, are working hard to make good grades. Think about those things that are just so important to you right now in your life. Graduates, college, next step, job. What are those things that are important in your life right now? Adults, I'm not leaving you out. What is important to you? Having a good job, enjoying your job, being a leader, maybe in your job, in church, or somewhere else. What things right now are just so important and valuable to you? I'm going to tell you, those things are all great. And if I'm to be honest, I am very thankful for those things that I consider important in my life. I, am, I have a job I love. I have a wonderful family. I don't know if I'd call them the right family like Paul talks about, but they were definitely the right family for me. God picked them ahead of time for me. Um, I have great friends that I trust, and I definitely love watching my girls do things they are good at. Those things are all important to me. But Paul goes on in Philippians to talk some more about those things and how he sees those things later in his life. So in Philippians 3, 7, he says, I thought things like that were something great, but now I consider them to be nothing because of Christ. That's a big, powerful word, nothing. 
He says he considers them to be nothing because of Christ. You know, I don't think Paul is saying it's wrong to have a good family or it's wrong to have friends or have a good job or succeed in any way. But what I do think he is saying is those things, those important things, were never meant to be our ultimate goal. They were never meant to be what we were working and striving and pushing toward. So, in soccer, we want to get the ball into the net. Let's go back to that question, what do we want to do in life? And I think that we can find it from Paul once again in Philippians 3, 10 through 11. In Philippians 3, 10 through 11, it says, I want to know Christ better. Yes, I want to know the power that raised him from the dead. I want to join him in his sufferings. I want to become like him by sharing in his death. Then by God's grace, I will rise from the dead. So there it is. Simply put in the most basic Kids Creek terms, our goal is to know Jesus and to become like him. That's our goal. So in Kids Creek Preschool, we have three basic truths. And one of those basic truths for our preschoolers is Jesus wants to be my friend forever. He wants to be my friend forever. So I want you to think about those people in your life, those friends that you consider your forever friends, those friends you think you're going to always be close to or you've known already forever. And I want you to think about how well you know them. Chances are you're going to say pretty well. You know a lot of stuff about them. You've spent time with them. You've grown with them. So if Jesus is intended to be our forever friend, Shouldn't we want to know him in every way possible? Shouldn't we want to grow to know him more and more every day? Because I promise you, he knows everything about you. In fact, I love this, how it says in the Bible, it says that Jesus delights himself in every detail of our life. He, de- he doesn't just know us, he delights in it. And I think there's probably sometimes God's looking down and I'm going, okay, he can't be delighting in that. But He delights in every detail of my life. How powerful is that? And so he delights in us, and we need to know our forever best friend, Jesus. We need to know everything about him, everything we can learn and grow. And I promise the more you get to know him, the more you're going to want to become like him. So that's just going to be natural. You're just going to want to become like that. So I could probably stop right here. And simply say, that's it. Here we go, guys. That's your goal. Your goal is to know Jesus and to become more like him. It sounds pretty simple, pretty basic to all of us. And, you know, getting a soccer ball, a small soccer ball, into a big net sounds pretty easy, too. But if you've ever played soccer, which I have not, but I've watched it a lot, or even watch soccer, you know that it's not always as easy as it sounds. It's not always easy to get that ball into the net. Making a goal in soccer takes multiple plays. It takes multiple players before it even gets near the net for you to take a shot into the goal. And don't forget, the entire time you're playing, you have this whole other team, right? You have this whole other team, and they want that same one ball, But they don't want to get it into the same goal as you do. They want to take it the opposite way and take it to their goal. 
So it's not easy. This ball is going to be passed and received by numerous players before you even get a chance to shoot it in the goal. So let's look at that next part. Let's look at passing the ball. Because we've got to pass the ball. Remember, we can't trust in just ourselves. We have to trust in our team. So we have to pass the ball. And here's what passing the ball is, simplest terms. It's the act of giving the ball to someone else, another teammate. So I would think that it's pretty clear that in order to pass the ball to a teammate, you probably need to know where your teammates are, right? I mean, you need to be paying attention, watching where they are, because if you pass the ball and no one is there, your play is going to stop. Maybe it stops because the ball rolls on out of bounds because nobody ever stopped it, received it. Or maybe the play that you wanted, the play you desired, stopped because somebody on the other team got it. And they're not going to head toward the goal you want them to head toward. So the play is going to stop. So in soccer, we need to remember that it takes a team. That's real important. And life is no different. Life takes a team. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, it says it like this. Two people are better than one. They can help each other in everything they do. Suppose either of them falls down. Then the one can help the other one up. But suppose a person falls down and doesn't have anyone to help them up. Then feel sorry for that person. I mean, the Bible tells us to feel sorry for that person that falls down and there's nobody there. There's no teammate there to help him up. I mean, we were never, ever, ever created or meant to do life alone. We were meant to do life with a team. We need people to be on our team. Graduates, earlier, Pastor Danny, he asked people to stand that have come alongside you here at Cedar Creek or in your family throughout the years. Those people are on your team. They are on your team. Never forget that they are on your team. Kids, you have people on your team too. Trust me, you have lots of people on your team. You have your parents. You have small group leaders in Kids Creek. You have family. Oh, and even your brothers and sisters. I know you don't believe me, but they are on your team. They're there. They're going to be there. Adults, this is a tricky one. We need people on our team. And as I started thinking about this, I thought about how I feel like the older we get, sometimes the more we feel like, we don't need a team. Like, we can handle this. We've got other things. We've got to be the coach of our team. We don't have time for our own team. But that's absolutely not true. We need a team. I am so grateful for the team I have. I'm, I still have my parents on my team. I'm so thankful for that. My husband and even my daughter's on my team. But to be honest, I need even more than my family on my team. I need other people to come alongside and be a part of my team. And I can tell you one of my teams, I call them a home group. It's not a fancy creative name, but that's it. They're my home group. They are some of the most amazing teammates a person could ever have. They are always waiting to pick me up, sometimes after they laugh at me. But regardless, they're there to pick me up and guide me and help me and encourage me. Um, they are amazing I have all these co-workers that I work with. I am blessed with just some amazing co-workers. Um, and I serve in Kids Creek, obviously. And all these volunteers, man, they are some good team members to have on my team. 
I just want to urge you adults, if you are sitting there and you're not connected somewhere with people, you would say right now, without a doubt, these people, these people are my team. They're on my team. They're waiting to stand by to help me up. You need to get connected. And I can already tell, if you're Cedar Creeker, you know what I'm going to say. I don't even, Pastor Phillips said it many times, but I'm going to say it anyway. There are two places that I consider to be team building centrals. The first one, home group, right there. Team building, go there. The second one, volunteering. Finding somewhere to volunteer alongside other Christ followers. Volunteering. So home group and volunteering. If you're not connected in those places, don't wait. Why are you waiting? Start building your team now. Can I just challenge you all today, no matter what your age, to think about some of the key people in your life that you would say are on your team. Then after you write that list down, I'm a writer, so I like to write things down. After you write that list down, I want you to look at each person and say, okay, do these people guide me toward my ultimate goal of knowing Jesus and becoming more like him? Now, I don't want to be misunderstood because the Bible clearly commands us to help the lost, to lead others, to guide others. I mean, our mission at Cedar Creek is to help people find their way back to God. So you do need to be connecting to, with people that are lost, that you need to be a teammate to them. You need to help them know Jesus. But you also need people that are constantly guiding you, loving you, and helping you grow to know Jesus and become more like him. If we go back to the game of soccer, picture this. You have the ball, and you are traveling toward the goal. You are doing all these cool, fancy moves. They're fun to watch. But next thing you know, out of nowhere, you are trapped by defenders from the other team. You need a teammate that sees what situation you're in. They see you trapped. They know you can't go anywhere with that ball. And they've got to respond. They've got to come up to you and put themselves in a position where you can pass the ball to them and they can receive it so that you can continue moving forward, so that your team can continue moving forward. We need teammates that are ready to receive the ball from us. So if we need teammates that are ready to receive the ball, don't you think that we should probably be a teammate that's ready to receive the ball from our, our other team? And as I was looking up the details of receiving the ball, of course I've watched it happen many times um, with my daughters that play soccer. But when I looked up the steps to receiving a ball, believe it, there's steps. It says that you need to focus on the ball. That makes sense. You need to choose what foot you're going to receive it with before you receive it. So you need to choose. Am I going to go left, right? There's probably some more to that that I don't know, but you need to choose. And then you need to prepare for your next move. What are you going to do once you receive the ball? And I thought, wow, that's a lot to go into just receiving a ball. But when you think about it, with our life, with where we're heading to our ultimate goal, those three things can apply to helping us learn more about Jesus and becoming more, more like him. So we need to focus. 
but what do we need to focus on for life? So here's the answer. I need to focus on loving God and loving others. The Bible says it like this in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I think if Jesus says this is the first and greatest commandment, we probably should focus on it. I mean, it's probably a biggie. And then he says, and here's the second one. I'm giving you the first two, top two. Love God, love others. So we need to make sure as we're traveling in our journey of life, as we're traveling toward the ultimate goal, that our focus stays on loving God and loving others. So now, the next step that it talked about in receiving the ball was choosing what foot you're going to receive it with. you got to choose. So what do we need to choose? So we need to choose how you will respond. You need to choose how you will respond every day. Every single day of your life, you know you are faced with opportunities, temptations, circumstances. There's something you're going to face every single day of your life. In Kids Creek, one of my favorite basic truths, because I use it a lot when I lead small group, is I need to make the wise choice. It's probably evident why I use that a lot. I ask the question a lot to the kids, are you making the wise choice? Do you think this is the wise choice? So that's one of my favorite, but here it is. We need to choose how we will respond. We need to make the wise choice. But as I was thinking about that, we don't need to wait until we're in the circumstance, until we're in the situation to figure that out. I mean, we've got all these great resources to help us choose how we can respond to different situations. We've got the Bible, great resource book there to help guide us. We've got those people on your team that are helping you become more like Christ. They're helping you know him more. They're giving us advice. They're helping us grow. So don't wait until you're stuck in a situation. Don't wait until you're surrounded by defenders and you're trapped in a corner to figure out how you're going to respond. You need to prepare for that moment. You need to choose how you will respond in advance. And lastly, um, Pastor Danny hit on this one while talking about me. So we need to prepare for our next step. We need to prepare for our next step. So in soccer, once you receive the ball, you have to make a next step, right? I mean, if we just let the ball land at our feet and do absolutely nothing, will you even have a chance to make the goal? Absolutely not, because the ball's going to either just sit there or um, most likely somebody from the other team's going to come and take it because they're going to wonder what you're doing just standing there holding the ball. But either way... Your play just stopped. So once you receive the ball, you've got to decide, hey, I can dribble it, I can pass it, I can shoot it. But you got to prepare for what you're going to do next. you got to kind of know ahead of time, where am I heading once I receive this ball? You see, in life, we've been given an amazing gift, a gift that's way better than any ball. So we have been given the gift of a God that delights in us. He delights in us. And a God that wants to lavish us with his unfailing love. And so 
He's giving us that. We're receiving it. But what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with that love once we receive it? What is our next step? And once again, at Cedar Creek, this is something I've heard all my time here, is you have a next step. You always have a next step. You earn, we're not, nobody in here has made it to the goal yet. Nobody. Definitely like me. So we have to constantly prepare for our next step. And with every step we take toward that goal, we have to prepare for the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. And we just have to keep preparing for our next step until one day we make it to the goal with Jesus. So right now, each and every one of us in this room has a next step that God's called us to do. And maybe you know what it is. Maybe you're like, got it, know what it is, I'm working on it. Great. Maybe you know what it is, and I'm, you're saying, I'm telling God no right now. Tell him to put that one up there. Not ready for that. <laughs> Let me encourage you to take it off the shelf and pull it down and take that next step. God won't ask you to do something he's not going to walk with you through and grow you. Maybe you don't know what it is. I've sat out there before and listened to Pastor Philip talk about your next step, and I'm like, hmm, don't know what that is. God, I think I'm pretty good right here. I'm, I'm barely handling this. But ask him. Ask him what that next step is. Every step is important. Some may seem big, some may seem little to you, but every step toward the goal is important. You know, um, I want to end, I want to close with this last verse. And the reason I picked this verse is because I challenged my daughter to, ch to pursue it personally. When I think about her, I think about many, many different things. But one is definitely her love for soccer. I absolutely love watching the joy it brings to her to play and the passion that she puts on, in it on the field. Um, and to be honest, I think she would wholeheartedly tell you she loves to make goals. And she likes to help her team make goals too. <laughs> but she loves to pursue making a goal. So I know she gets this verse because she gets that desire to make a goal. And here's what the verse says in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. I forget what's behind me. I push hard toward what is ahead of me. I push myself forward toward the goal to win the prize. God has appointed me to win it. The heavenly prize is Christ Jesus himself. I push forward toward the prize. I forget what's back here. And I just keep going toward that prize, that prize of Jesus Christ. I just keep going toward the goal of knowing him and becoming more like him. And that's what I want to challenge you to do today. And as I was planning for today, I thought, I've got a chance to stand up here. And if my kid's ever going to listen to me, it might be now. So I'd like to ask you to do something a little unusual. And I'm going to pretend like y'all aren't here for just a minute, and I hope you're okay with that. I hope you all are saying yes in your head. That's cool. And I can promise you, even more uncomfortable than that might make you, it's going to make my daughter much more uncomfortable, and she's probably not going to like it. But that's okay, too, because I want to speak directly. Look, there, I have three daughters, so they're all over there going, which one is it? <laughs> 
Okay, so Becca, this is, this is your time. This is your chance, your, your next step. I just want to say to you that I hope you win. I hope that you win. I hope in everything, you got to look at me. <laughs> I hope in everything you do, you succeed. But I'm going to be honest, I know you won't always succeed. Sometimes the ball's not going to go in the goal. And I hope in times like that, you will remember that you have a God that absolutely delights himself in you. I hope you remember you have a team that is always here for you. I hope you know that whether you're on the soccer field, in a classroom, whether you're far away, whether you're nearby, I will always be one of your greatest cheerleaders. And lastly and most importantly, I pray that you will always push hard toward the goal to win the prize of Christ Jesus. Graduates, I know you're all spread out everywhere. I personally and wholeheartedly pray the same for you. Many of these graduates I led in Kids Creek. And many of these graduates have listened to me speak in kids' worship. And I, they have a special part of my heart. And I'm praying the same thing for you. And I want you to know that I know you have cheerleaders all around here that are cheering for you to succeed, to continue to push forward toward that goal. Kids, you are never too young to start learning about Jesus and becoming more like him. You are never too young to start building your team, so do it. Parents, just straight to you, use every opportunity you have to lead your child toward Christ. I get it. Life is busy. Trust me, for those of you that are soccer moms, dance moms, whatever, you know that. I know that too. Life is busy. But every moment matters. There's the little moments where you just say something or do something. They matter. They're watching you. They're paying attention to what you're doing. So use every moment you have to point them toward Christ. Adults, we still need cheerleaders. Amen? We still need cheerleaders. I need a cheerleader regularly. <laughs> we need people on our team. And so this week, I want you to just make a point to figure out who those people are on your team and make a little bit of time. I know it's hard in your day and work and everything else to figure this out, but make some time to bond with your team, to connect with your team, to recharge with your team. And um, if you're not in a home group, I'm going to say it one more time. Don't wait. Get connected right today. Get connected. There's a group of people that would love to become part of your team, that would love to walk beside you in life. So get connected. Start building your team. I just want to encourage all of you. Just thank you for letting me come up here and take a next step. And I just want to encourage you all to just continue to push forward. Forget what's behind. There's so much stuff behind. But push forward toward that goal to know Jesus and become like him. I'm going to close in prayer now. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity um, to be up here and to share with my, my team of Cedar Creek, dear Lord. I thank you for our graduates that came forward today, and I pray that you will just continue to walk with them, continue to help them know you more, help them become more like you, dear Lord. And I pray that for the ones that are going somewhere off, 
that you're already putting together a team for them where they're going, dear Lord. You're already picking their teammates out, and you're going to connect them and help them support and encourage each other, dear Lord. For all of the adults in here, I pray that you would help us find our team. And if we're not in a home group, if someone's not, give them the courage to take that next step. I know it's scary sometimes, but give them the courage to take that next step and building team with a group of people, dear Lord. In your heavenly name, amen.